Hello, and welcome to the Step Up Podcast, a place where we're going to delve into different topics to learn more about ourselves and more about others, but also while having lots of fun. On today's episode, I welcome Margaret Rose Cox. Margaret Rose is a speaker, trainer, and coach with the John Maxwell team. If you haven't heard of John Maxwell, he is the number one leadership expert in the world. I highly suggest Googling him. You will not be disappointed. Listen in on my conversation with Margaret Rose as we talk about procrastination. Hi, Margaret Rose. Hey, Shani, how are you? Good, how are you? If I was any better, I'd be twins, and then it would be two of me, and that would be a wonderful thing. Although that it might scare some people. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it's 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 so good to finally meet you on well, online. Face to face, really like right up close and personal. So yeah. I'm excited. I'm so honored that you asked me to be your first guest. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And hopefully, I, okay. I am so like hearing your videos and just even hearing you speak through your words online just mm-hmm. is so exciting because you're just oh, thanks. A, an energetic person. I love it so much. So I was like, thank you. This woman's I try real. I, I, I am energetic and I do. I wake up that happy person, but I mean, yeah, obviously we all have our moments, just like you said, sometimes we all go through dark times and yeah. you know, how do you get through that? But we'll save that for the podcast. Yes. Okay. <laughs> So um, just to introduce you, you're yeah. Margaret Rose Cox, and I met you um, online through the John Maxwell team groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are a speaker, trainer, and coach with the John Maxwell team. That is correct. John Maxwell is the number one leadership expert in the world. Absolutely. <laughs> I have to explain that to people. <laughs> yeah. So he's, tell- a, he's the guru. Yes. Oh, he's amazing. Um, so can you share your story a little bit, like how you um, started getting involved in coaching and how you joined the John Maxwell team? Yeah. So for me, I went ahead and um, basically I've been kind of coaching people for as long as I can remember. And so like if it wasn't uh, my friends, it was my children and then my children's friends and just kind of life in general. It's just kind of like, you know, I would always be that motivator kind of like, not just motivational, but inspirational and then hold people accountable. Like, Hey, why are you getting this done kind of person? Right. <laughs> and so, um, as I moved through different phases of my life, I, um, I had that opportunity to do that. And then when I was in my forties, after my divorce, I was working in the restaurant industry. And of course I worked with them because I was in my forties, I was, you know, working in the restaurant industry with a bunch of 20 somethings. And somebody said to me one time, you know, you really should be like a life coach, you know? And I said, yeah, um, let's be real here. Who's going to pay me to tell them how to run their life? Because here I am, I'm a 42 year old server. Okay. That's barely getting by. I mean, seriously. And, and all of them were like, but, but you have so much life advice. You help us all so much. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And so I just kind of like brushed it off. Like I need to be successful before I get there. And right. so um, then I moved back down to Tallahassee and I was working for the, the city here in a job that I affectionately say sucked for the soul out of me. And so um, 
I was sitting there and I was coaching one of my coworkers, like I, I did with a, wherever I worked. And somebody walked up to me and said, you know, you can get paid to do that. And I said, again, look at where I am at in my life and who's going to pay me for, you know, this kind of stuff. And they said, but Margaret Rose, there's certification programs out there. And that's when I um, was introduced to the John Maxwell team. And I was a John Maxwell fan prior to that. I mean, I, I had been introduced to, to John's leadership skills. It's how I managed. It's how I ran things in different areas of my life. And so, um, so getting certified under the John Maxwell umbrella was very enticing for me. And so it gave me the credentials that I needed. And it also gave me that extra knowledge that I didn't have in my wheelhouse. So I added those quivers to my quill and, or those arrows to my quiver and off I went into jumping into being a, a coach and trainer and member of the John Maxwell team. I mean, I literally, I quit my job and jumped into it. And as I was getting my certification, I did whatever I had to. And part of that process was that I drove Uber and Lyft for two years until I could grow my business to where I was supporting myself. So wow. that's that my story so cool. and I'm sticking that's to it. I love it. <laughs> and I think like, I, I have that constantly where I'm like, well, who's going to listen to me, you know, or who will read anything I ever put out or listen to anything I ever put out. But, yeah. you know, through the John Maxwell team and, and through your Facebook group, Change Your Stars, <laughs> you. I remember yeah. seeing well, that one time and you guys were like, you are unique. We all have our, our different stories and somebody will listen. Like, yeah, I mean, we're out there. That's the thing is with, with coaching and, and anybody's story that, that we have, we, there's one person out there that needs to hear it. And so that's who I'm always reaching out to whenever I do any of the stuff that I do online is that I know that there's one person and that's who I'm reaching out to. And if more than one person gets something out of it, that's like bonus material for me. And yeah. so, um, you know, a lot of it was, you know, when you're talking and saying that you go through those periods of times, like who's going to listen to me? I own that now and realize that through the trainings that I went through, that was a lot of the limiting beliefs that I had put in my head from other people. And so why am I letting other people determine what my future is going to be? Right. When really mm -hmm. that's the power that's within inside of me. And that's the destiny that I want to have. And why am I letting them decide what that is? So it's, it's just, it was all part and parcel of that whole process. I had to grow before I could help others to grow. So absolutely, absolutely. you got you to turn those little limiting beliefs off and transmute those bad boys into being something more positive. So yes. can do it. everybody can. So, and, and like you said, anybody can change their stars. So that's, that's a huge part of it. So yes, thank you for pointing for, for uh, mentioning my, my little group there. Cause I love my group. I love my, I love my little peeps. They're so I love it too. You're so encouraging and it's, it's just amazing. Thank you. Um, so yeah, like what I, what I said was I would see you post on like, we're part of the John Maxwell team, um, Facebook group and then empowered living, which is also done by the founders of the John Maxwell team, Paul Galbraith. Paul Martinelli. Oh my yeah. gosh. Paul Martinelli and Roddy Galbraith. <laughs> They're so phenoms. Yes. They, they definitely becoming a teaching partner within the empowered living community was a huge step forward for me too. And I accomplished that in 2019. So I was really excited about, about stepping into that role. So yes. very big step for me. So and your yeah. posts are just so full of energy and humor. Oh, thanks. Um, and, <laughs> and I just love it. It's just very encouraging. Thank you. Find, so like, I'm, I'm a very um, bubbly person on my good days. 
but there's those days and I'm sure you also have them oh, we all do. days where you're just like everything feels not so effervescent. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. um, yeah, So honest to goodness, I am that person that wakes up in the morning. Okay. I wake up in the morning and I'm happy, happy, happy. But are there times when it's, when I wake up, I wouldn't say when I wake up, but throughout the day, certain things will get to me and I will. and, And that's, that's something that I have to remind myself when they do that it's my choice as to whether or not they get to me. So have I gone into dark spaces? Yes, I have to own that. There are times when I go into like, and I've gone through like periods of time of mild depression, um, different time periods of my life with certain things that happened to me in my life. Um, You know, it hasn't always been peachy keen and roses. I mean, I I have a son who has Crohn's disease. He was diagnosed at two and a half. And and then to find out when he was 11 that he also is on the spectrum, which um, explains a lot of things. But for a long time in that process, it was like, what am I, where am I failing as a parent? Where am I not doing something right? And so, you know, it's not always been, life hasn't always been a bed of roses, but it's how you handle those situations and how you cope with them. Did I go through a dark period? Yes. I think that we all do when sometimes life gets to us and and wears us down. Yeah, I didn't come out of my divorce singing happy songs, you know, so, um, although there was a part of it, maybe, but no, I'm just, I mean, and that's part of like, I have to make humor out of this, the stuff that's rough, because that's how I handle a lot of the, the, the rough stuff. It's like, I have to find something to laugh about, because if I can bring some sort of sense of, of humor about it, then I can take it and dissect it from a different perspective and say, okay, this isn't so gloom and doom. This isn't so heavy all the time. And if I can find just a kernel of something to, to bring laughter to it, even if it's in a snarky kind of way for myself, not in a detrimental way to somebody else, but it's some kind of snarkiness about it that I can, you know, that I can laugh about. I mean, when coronavirus first hit, just as an example, I mean, how many people sat and watched the Tiger King for goodness sake? I mean, really? I mean, (laughs) Everyone on my Facebook. (laughs) It was like all over. Everybody was all talking about the Tiger King. And that was one of the things I was like, okay, I got to watch portions of this. I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a train wreck that just keeps coming. But the way I looked at it was people had to release their, their stress and anxiety into looking at somebody else's train wreck instead of looking at what was going on in their own lives. So they had to release themselves from that reality to get into this false sense of reality of watching this crazy show that is just, I mean, it was just really, so anyway, but I had to, and I just kept making myself laugh about it because it was like, okay. And all this different stuff, like, you know, all the memes that went around, I found humor in that. Was it, I don't think it really hurt anybody. So I'm, I was okay with it. Just that makes sense. I kept hearing her name and I'm like, I don't understand this, but (laughs) yeah. Carol, that not nice word. (laughs) It rhymes with witch, but I'm not going to say it on your podcast. Um, yeah, I know I started, I was in a really bad place for the last, oh, I don't even know how many years. And Mm -hmm. only recently, like at the end of last year where I started, um, I I think it's probably because of the Empowered Living Group and Mm -hmm. a lot of the, the stuff through, um, through John Maxwell, through Paul and Roddy, I found out about like Simon Sinek. (laughs) Um, just all these things about like changing your life and um, thinking differently. And so it's been amazing because all the negative self-talk I do all the time, I've had to like stop it. Like, no, 
you know, change when it becomes a, when it becomes part of it. Yeah, sorry, I don't mean to talk over you. I'm sorry, but when it becomes part of your awareness, when you all of a sudden start realizing the the words that you're saying to yourself, I started asking myself, would I talk to anybody like that? No, I would never talk to anybody else the way that I'm talking to myself, or would I ever allow anybody else to talk to me that way? Heck, no. no. Then why am I allowing myself to talk to myself that way? Yeah. Are you? kidding me and so um so that's when I started to become aware of that and like you like I said you know you start you start opening up to those levels of awareness like oh wow and and you stop letting the environment that you're in not talking about like whether it's rainy or sunny or I'm talking about the environment of the people um that you surround yourself with when you start to really start to recognize that and it's not that any of them are bad people they just live in a world of negativity and you can either buy into that negativity or you can step away from that negativity. So instead of buying in, I stepped out. And so um, I had to make sure that I, I did that to protect myself so that I could grow. Because even as that process of me going through my growth happened, I had to realize that part of my growth process was stepping into what was going to be beneficial to me. And a lot of times the people that are in that environment where we start they want us to grow kind of but then they don't want us to grow because then that changes the whole dynamic right because when you grow and they don't all of a sudden they treat you differently they don't see jealousy. you the same way it's, it's a little bit of jealousy but it's more about the fact that you change the the dynamic so they want it to go back to the way it was because they don't want things to change right. because um you know they had a role to play and you had a role to play in their life and when you stepped out of that role and stepped into being the better person for yourself you stepped out of being what you were for them and it's a sense of loss for them and so it's not anything that they're going to that they're jealous of it's just a sense of loss so they're grieving that once upon a time relationship even though it might not have been healthy for either of you right does that make sense it absolutely yes. does yeah and so, and, and a lot of people don't realize that, that you really do need to step away from the people that you're around in order to be able to grow. And that's really difficult when they're family members. It's really difficult when they're um, really, I mean, people that you've grown up with your whole life that have been a support system for you and they've helped you in your life while you were struggling. And all of a sudden you're stepping out and saying, I want to do this on my own. And they don't want that to change because they're used to taking care of you. Right. And so um, now their role has changed and they don't know where they fit in. It's kind of, you know, they're struggling too. So it's, it's just a process in that. So, so yeah. So as you step out and step away from that negativity and allow more of those positive mindset things to surround you. One of the things that I find that it, that I struggle with now with all of that positivity or people that are like-minded is that I tend to forget that the general public doesn't live on that plane that I live on. Right. And so I, I figure nobody needs to hear what I have to say because they already know it all. <laughs> right. I totally think, well, everyone else has this level of awareness and I'm just realizing it now. And then I'm like, wait, not everyone does. So <laughs> I was in, I was in a, a, a um, really amazing um, study group, uh, mastermind group with some very big mentors in my life. And that was one of the things that, that came up in the conversation was that we live within the 2%. 
most of the time. And that 2% is the 2% of people that are stepping into that mindset awareness. It doesn't mean that we're better than anybody else. That's not what any of us are saying. It's just saying that we live in a different set of mindset. Mm -hmm. And so we tend to forget that the majority of the general public doesn't live on that mindset. And so our job and, and not, I don't want to say job, but our responsibility in being at this level of awareness is to go ahead and reach out to them and we have to remember to put the cookies on the bottom shelf as John Maxwell talks about. And yeah. so we have to remember to come down a little bit to their level of awareness for just a few moments to be able to bring them out and up. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's one of the things that I've started to struggle with a little bit just because I really am wanting to reach out to folks. So I'm kind of reworking some of my programs. So um, you know, making sure that I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the, to the level of awareness that people are at because I have to talk to who I was five years ago. Right. Absolutely. Um, so when we were talking about like how we have to think differently and kind of fight against those negative thoughts, that also brings me, cause I want to talk to you about procrastination. Cause I know that <laughs> for me, I can get, um, I can procrastinate because I'm like, well, I'll put it off till tomorrow or, Oh no, I don't feel like it. Or, you know, I get anxious or scared about it. Um, and you post videos on your Facebook called mindful moments with Margaret Rose. And on, on June 29th, you spoke on procrastination and I found it intriguing what you said, because you said it could be our friend. So I always thought procrastination was always a bad thing. So can you kind of um, explain how, that could be our yeah. Okay, so procrastination gets a bad rap. It really does, you know, in, <laughs> in the fact that, you know, people see it as such a negative, negative thing all the time. And, you know, procrastination has feelings, man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not quite that far-fetched, but anyway. But it really is, it's, does, it, does it serve its purpose? I mean, procrastination is, in general, you just putting off, the things that you need to do because you don't have a, you know, burning desire to get them done. So <laughs> I'm going to use, for example, the laundry. Okay. Which is like my favorite thing to procrastinate about because I just am not a fan of laundry. I mean, I like clean laundry. <laughs> okay. You want someone else to do it. <laughs> that or, you know, I can get it through the machines, but that whole folding and then hanging up and putting away and maybe ironing something. Okay. Ironing. I break out in the hive. Okay. Let's I'd rather rewash re it and hang it up than iron it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and people wonder why my clothes are all washed out so, and why I wear a lot of t-shirts. So anyway, um, so, but the thing is this, when you procrastinate, like I said, you're lacking an inspiration. You're lacking um, some sort of burning desire inside of you. And sometimes when you procrastinate, you need to find that burning desire. And what the when I say that it can be your friend at times is when you create that thing that was lacking in the original task that you needed. Okay. And so when you create that thing inside of you that gives you that oomph of spirit, I mean, sometimes even in content creation, I mean, laundry, obviously there's nothing other than, you know, there's this really great outfit that I want to wear and now I have the inspiration to get it done, but I wouldn't have gotten that great outfit or the procrastination of doing laundry and then going out and buying the great outfit. Okay. That magically shows up. That's that in that perspective would be the procrastination of doing the laundry. And then all of a sudden it's my friend because I found something that was really stunning at a great deal. Okay. So that's using that perspective when it comes to my content creation, um, when I'll procrastinate things out, it's because I'm waiting for like, oh, I could, I could go ahead and start working on that. But then 
it's not, it's missing something. It's not all that I want it to be. And so I, I still need to have another kernel or two added into it. So if I rush in to doing the content creation that I want to do, it's not going to be all the way as good as it could be had I just taken those extra few days to procrastinate about it and all of a sudden the extra inspiration would show up. Does this make sense? And as part of, I lead that into what Paul and Roddy talk about is the law of gender. Okay. And so that's one of the seven universal laws. And it's part of that because the seed has to be planted in the ground as we know. Okay. And so the law of gender is basically the gestation of the seed being planted to it the time that it comes out of the soil mm -hmm. and starts to grow into the big, beautiful flower that we're all meant to be. And so in that gestation period, if you rush it, okay, because I don't want to procrastinate. And so you jump in and you rush it. The actual end result of the plant isn't to its full potential. Does that make sense? And yeah. so when you bring into it, it's, it's not into its full potential. Now it's kind of like it could have been something better, but it's still just not quite there. Another great example is look at some of the people that are doing some of the sports that are out there right now. And I'm obviously I'm not you know, speaking as a judge or anything like that, but there are people that go into, into certain sporting events and their age, they are pushing themselves beyond what their physical bodies are capable of doing. And when they push themselves too hard, instead of procrastinating out that process, and I don't want to say, because in their mind, they would be procrastinating their progress mm -hmm. because everybody's telling them you have to do it now. You have to do it now. You have to do it now. And so you have to start lifting this extra weight. You have to do this. You have to do that. And all of a sudden they get an injury it could end up being a career ending injury because they push themselves too fast instead of allowing that process of procrastination to go into it. Does that make sense? It does. But I'm just wondering, would that actually be procrastination or is it just because sometimes thinking things through a little bit more? It's or... thinking things through a little bit more, but a lot of people see it as a procrastination oh. because they're not getting it done because really procrastination is a perceptual thing. Mm. It's not there's no law of procrastination. Right. It's what we perceive procrastination to be. Yeah. And so when you perceive procrastination, you always perceive it as being negative. You're pushing yourself and you're beating yourself up when you don't get something done. And when you can turn it around and say, you know what? This doesn't necessarily have to have a negative connotation. There must be something else that, that I'm waiting on the universe to send me. Okay. Yep. Okay. And so I that's totally identify why, with that. <laughs> yeah. And so that's why, because in our mind, because we've been programmed to think that procrastination is bad. 99.9% .9 of the world thinks that procrastination is this horrible thing. And in the microwave world that we live in, okay, we want everything now. And so if we're not getting it now and we're not doing it now, then we're obviously procrastinating and we're spinning our wheels and wasting our time. No, you're not. You're waiting on that one extra kernel to show up that's going to take that from being an okay program to being phenomenal mm -hmm. does that make sense absolutely I and think so I totally understand that because like I was working at a bank for 14 years and I quit in August and mm -hmm. I was like well I need to start something I need to like find a specific job or then I'm like no I don't really want to work for anyone and then kind of build my own business and I was trying to do everything all at once, but then I started actually learning a lot, taking some, some courses like through the John Maxwell team and reading mm -hmm. books and just, I guess, finding myself or, <laughs> or becoming more aware of things. So 
my, my, I know my sister kind of thinks I'm, <laughs> she probably sees me as like, oh, you're procrastinating or you're doing this, but I'm like, in my mind, I'm growing as a person. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's what I was saying. I mean, again, you're looking at what someone else's perception of what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> as what they, they want you to push forward faster. No, I, I need to take the time that it takes to get it done properly for proper preparation. So proper preparation means, you know, proper performance in the end. And so even talking about like, you know, when you leave one job, okay, or for whatever reason, a job ends, okay, sometimes it's not on, on your choice. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you're sitting there and you're looking at the bills that are there. And you're running like a chicken to just like get any job that you can. And you jump into a job and then the perfect opportunity shows up like two weeks later and had you just waited. Yeah. You know, so again, we run into this world of overwhelm. Like you said, you get overwhelmed and it's like, I got to get all this done. I got to, and, and like all of a sudden your priority or your to-do list and your priorities become huge and you're like, <gasps> and it just like topples you. And then all of a sudden you're hyperventilating. You're waking up every day feeling like you're behind the eight ball and you're never going to get there. When if really you just sat down and said, okay, I'm not procrastinating about this. This is my friend today. I'm going to take it the steps that I need to take. You don't eat the elephant all in one bite. And, <laughs> you know, and technically you should never take down an elephant. That's poaching. And so, you know, but you know what I'm talking about. You, you just don't eat, you know, the whole pizza in one fell swoop. Okay. I've done. And, so, and it's not good. <laughs> no, it's not. And then I also, like I said, we live in a microwave society. We want everything now. Yeah. And so it's kind of, you have to take the time to step back and say, wait a minute. I need to breathe here. I need to realize what really is the best fit for me. And if you can take the time to do that, and I'm not saying that you don't pay your bills. I'm not saying that you don't. I mean, you find a way to get through, okay? You do what you need to do, but you at least put it out to the universe, raise your level of awareness, get up to that vibration and start living into your full potential. It's going to show up. Mm -hmm. And so you just have to be able to have the thought you know, comes from, from, from spirit as, as we've learned with empowered living. Okay. And then you intellectually think about it and then you put it into physical form and it happens. It's a, it's the laws of the universe. It's that law of gender. And sometimes it needs that time to percolate to, you know, I mean, if you take an old school coffee pot, okay. And you don't let it percolate properly. You're drinking brown water. Okay. <laughs> Not everything was a curry. Okay. And so, um, you know, you have to let that process happen. You have to remind yourself that your growth, who you are as a person, is that kind of percolating coffee. And so you have to percolate. I so, love that analogy. That's really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't want to drink brown water. You no. know, <laughs> I want it to have some flavor. And I know that for the bad procrastination, one mm -hmm. of the reasons why I do that is because I feel overwhelmed. And right. I have more of an anxious, like I've had anxiety most of my life. And so when I get overwhelmed, I just get so anxious and then I'm like, I'm not doing anything. And so because the world is very overwhelming and everyone, you know, expects this or that, or you expect this of yourself. And that's why, honestly, I kind of, not that COVID-19 is good, but good has come oh, from it. it there were positive things that came out of COVID-19. Okay. And so when people stop putting all of this like anxiety on it and the negativity and then feel guilty because they say that something positive came out of it, don't feel guilty. There were positive things that came out of COVID-19. Yeah, absolutely. 
and I mean, slow down. I mean, I've wanted the world to slow down for years. <laughs> exactly. It's too, too much. So, yeah. yeah. So you also have to remember that, like you said, when you get into that overwhelmed feeling, you have two choices. You can stick your head in the sand and play ostrich and think that the world is just going to just magically fix it all. Okay. <laughs> FYI, that doesn't happen. And, you know, and you, all of us do that, especially the people that are overachievers, the people that want to take on everything. And at one point, even just in the past month and a half, I had to start stepping back from some things. And so I had to say, I had overcommitted on a couple of things. And I was like, I cannot do all of this. I have to take a step back and I have to go ahead and take care of me. And not so much that I'm putting myself in a cocoon, but I got to do some self-care because I can't give out what I don't have inside. Mm -hmm. And so when you have those moments of overwhelm, if you can just breathe for a minute and then just really look at it and see, okay, what's the, of all of these things that I have sitting here in front of me, what is the most important thing that I have to do? Okay. That's one thing I'm going to do. Boom. Okay. Of all of these things, besides that one important thing, what's the next thing that I have to do? And then boom, you do that. And then just one, I call it the winter warlock of it, you know, one foot in front of the other from the old, you know, I guess Christmas special, Santa Claus is coming to town, you know, you put one foot in front of the other. <laughs> well, there's Sorry, also a little center, but I have all these little, you know, but that's what I call it. I call it, and I put little like quirky terms together, like, you know, winter warlocking it and, you know, you just take it one step at a time, you know, and I, I do that with my clients too. Yeah. Don't let overwhelm happen. What's the most important thing of that? So. It's just all part of it. The two minute rule, right? Where it's something very overwhelming. If you start and say, I'll do it for two minutes and then you've at least started. And so that's kind of where I'm, I'm going with things. I'm like, okay, I don't have to do all of it today. I'll just start slow. And then I'm proud of myself because I did something. So (laughs) you took a step, you know, as long as you take a step in the right direction, you're still going forward. You're not going backwards. I mean, I have like five different major projects and businesses that I'm working on right now every single day. Oh, you know, and it's, it can be overwhelming, but I take a step forward in each one of those as much as I possibly can every single day. And one of the ways that, that, um, that I do that and hold myself accountable is I have a zoom meeting every morning at 5.00 AM with these four core people and other people will jump in every once in a while but we call it the goal crushers and um, my goal pressure group, it, it's guaranteed Like you know, are we perfect? Not every, you know, not all of us are, but the four people that are the core people, if we miss a day, it's because either we had to get some extra sleep or um, we had something else that we were doing at that 5 a.m., which all of us are up at like 4.30. So, you know, it, it happens. And, or, you know, sometimes you just need to have a day to retreat, you know? So, but we get up at 5 a.m., Monday through Friday, we state our master goal. We talk about the three things that we're going to do towards that master goal. And we encourage and help each other to get there. And so that's all part of it. So absolutely holding that top of mind recognition for for wanting to move forward into what you want to achieve in your life helps you to get through those times when you do feel overwhelmed and you do feel like, why am I even doing this? It's been, um, you know, some of the stuff that when I'm in a, like I'm rushing, I could feel like a hamster on a wheel. Yeah. Uh, Why am I even doing this? What, what's the point? And then I have to go back and I look at my master goal. I'm like, that's why I'm doing all of this. And so um, that's the reminder that I have for that. So it's, you know, and the master goal is huge 
okay? And it's absolutely obtainable. And we all know that we're each going to get there. And, you know, like I said, it's just, it's phenomenal. So having that group of people to encourage, excuse me, and, and be part of that for us is, has been a game changer for me. And I will tell you, that's one of the positive things out of COVID that got started was that we started this group because we couldn't, you know, we literally all met online. And so um, a couple of us knew each other because it's another coach, myself, um, a woman that works with um, the historic, uh, preserving historical sites and an attorney here in town. And so, um, but two of us had never, like two, two or three of us had never met. Okay. And so, um, but we reached out to each other through, I can't even remember. I think it was, I think it was um, Jimmy, the, our attorney friend that started it. And so he said, hey, I want to do this. If anybody else is interested, hop on. And so we did. We all of us did. And then we just kept showing up. And then it was like, wow, this is so awesome. You know, because all of us were sitting alone in our houses. You know, yeah. So, so yeah, that was a positive thing that came out of it. And I'm telling you, I can't see myself not doing it for the rest of my life. That so, you know, Paul and Roddy talk about having that important mastermind group. That's my mastermind group. That is my core mastermind group. And so um, nothing gets in front of that. So every single day, Monday through Friday, it's an, it's a huge game changer. So if you don't have a mastermind group out there, get in touch with me. We're going to start you a mastermind group. So, you know, we're going to make it happen because it's a game changer, but you got to show up. You got to show up and you can't, you can't expect results if you're not going to show up in your own life. That's another key part. So anyway, cool. So yeah, I kind of went off topic there. Okay. That's great. Um, so it's already 30 minutes. I don't know how Zoom works necessarily. I don't know if it's going to cut us off or anything. Um, yeah, we're good. But I just wanted to, if people want to, oh, you actually are speaking on August 8th. You're one of the speakers at a virtual conference called Her Story. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about that and how people can um, Yeah, it's actually, it's a faith-based program and it talks about your personal journey with, with, um, with God. And each one of the speakers is giving their story on that. And also, how are you overcoming and how is, is God, how are God and Jesus working with you in your life? And um, the host of that is Bridget Krause, who is one of my dearest mentors and actually one of my very first mentors through the John Maxwell team. Uh, she's a faculty member. And I remember a, two years ago, the very first time I was on a road map call, which is what they call it when you call in and you're first getting started. And I spoke with her and we just connected and um, just really, just truly connected. And I I joined in on her virtual um, speaker training that she does and, um, or that she was doing at the time. I've done multiple mastermind groups with her. And I remember about a year ago saying to her, I will be a speaker at one of your events. And at that time they were doing them live. And I said, I'll try, you know, I said, I know I'm going to be a speaker on the stage at one of your events. And so um, here it is, manif- talk about manifesting things. A year later, um, she reached out to me and asked me to, to be a, a, a speaker on this event. And I cannot tell you how truly honored I am to, to be a part of that. And so um, kudos and, and hats off to Bridget Krause. So thank you, Bridget, and if you're listening. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yay. Um, so if people want to reach out and get in contact with you, um, how would they go about doing that? Um, if you really want to reach out and get in contact with me, um, my email address is mcoxjmt at gmail.com. 
I am Margaret Rose, is all one long word. Uh, Cox, C-O-X is my last name on Facebook. Certainly feel free to send me a message. Uh, I have a business page as well as a personal page. And then you can also reach me in my group, which is Change Your Stars. And that's Change Your Being You Are Stars on Facebook. So, yeah. So it's been an honor and a pleasure, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for for being my first interviewer person. I know. I'm so excited. I'm truly honored. I really am. And I hope that it was everything that you wanted it to be. And I hope that I brought enough value and I'm able to add value to the folks that are listening. You You always do. Whenever I read anything or see anything of yours, you bring value to my life. So, hey, you know, you know what? If we can get Simon Sinek to listen to this and then reach out, Simon, you've got my email address. You know how to catch me on Facebook. It's all good, Simon. I'm just waiting for you to call and knock on my door. Okay. <laughs> You're so funny. All right. Have a great day. Hey, honey. Thank you so much. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today. And if you have any questions or comments, you can email me at stephuppodcast at gmail.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-U-P podcast at gmail.com. I'm still working on social media, so email is the best way to contact me at this moment. Next time, join me as I talk with my best friend, Vivian, and we're discussing singleness in the church. And make it a great day. 